Hello and welcome to the Talking Roadmaps channel. I'm one of the co-hosts here, Justin Woods, and in today's session, I'm joined by Francesca Cortesi. Francesca, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Justin. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. So why don't we jump in and maybe give you uh, an opportunity to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a bit about what you do. Of course, uh, I'm Francesca. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm originally from Italy, but I've been working and based in Stockholm for the past 12 years. And in all those 12 years, I've been working with product development. Uh, and latest here, I'm CPO or Chief Product Officer for the ones like me that don't really love acronymous uh, at Hemnet, uh, which is uh, the biggest property portal in Sweden and one of the most uh, loved brands in the country as well. Wow, that's amazing. And you've got a rich background of product management and project management and also engagement and things like that. So a kind of a really relevant background. Yeah, I mean, I, I normally say that I fell into product. I mean, back then, back in the days, <laughs> there was not really something in product management, maybe, maybe in the US, I might say, and the, but not in Europe. So it was a lot about uh, digital products and it was project management first. And then I worked with engagement communities. And then, I mean, as the year were going, I realized that's actually product management that I was doing. Uh, so, yeah, I've been seeing piece and bits of ev not everything, but many different companies. Love that. And, do you know, my journey was the same. I, I found about product management by working with product managers and then going, hang on, that's all of the combination of skills and things they're doing that I really want to do. And then once I found it, I, you know, I, I've pretty much been in that in that area within my, with many areas of my career. So that's that's really great. Why not subscribe? Click the bell icon and give us a like. I wonder if we jump in and talk a little bit about um, roadmaps and maybe what, from your perspective then, what the purpose of a roadmap is. Can I start with a controversial revelation here? <laughs> maybe like in this, uh, in this talk. But I mean, I was one of the ones that every time one of my stakeholders asked me for a roadmap, I was rolling my eyes and I was thinking, no, ever, no, I'm not going to give you that. Uh, because at the beginning of my career, I was really like um, linked with the roadmap as a set of feature, basically, that someone wanted out of me. And back then, I've not seen that working. I mean, you know, just like basically, if you want a set of feature from me, you want me to predict the future and say that nothing will ever change. And then you're going to uh, hold me accountable for that. Uh, and that, you know, at the beginning, I was a little bit naive and I did that. And then I got burned a couple of times and I stopped even saying the word roadmap. It was almost like taboo, like, oh my God, I mean, if they want this, we're not going to doing product development as we should. Up until basically um, a couple of years ago, one and a half years ago, when I start to rethinking, you know, it's like almost questioning myself. I mean, there are people, a lot of more talk in the community about roadmapping. And I've landed that uh, you can do roadmapping right if you, if you if you know what i mean uh and i mean uh, to me road mapping today means having a tool where you actually can uh, define and align around the direction you want to move towards so it's a lot about you know defining the goals and defining like where you're heading uh, and having uh, an alignment around it so that's like if done right it's really a powerful tool but I've been burned a couple of times. So I've, <laughs> my relationship with roadmaps has not always been easy. <laughs> I, I laugh knowingly because it's such a wonderful answer. And, and I feel so the same. You know, 
you you land into a product management role. You're told, you know, I want a roadmap. The stakeholder thinks they know what they mean. You think they know what you mean. You go online and look at what they might mean. You go and create something. And and often, you know, the first creation of a roadmap is something that we we get burnt by. And, and that's actually one of the reasons for having this channel, talking roadmaps and, and my own company, Roadmap Heroes, is, is to help people understand that's not what we mean. And, and to rethink this, it's a very misunderstood area. So I love your response to that because it's so true, but we don't want people to learn the hard way. No, hopefully, hopefully now we learn the hard way for them. I mean, that's the whole point of product communities, right? That people can learn from others' mistakes. And I mean, please don't go there. If you someone asks you like a list of feature in a timeline, don't do that, <laughs> please. And 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 in this, I'm sure this is something you feel passionate about as well. But by doing that, by having stakeholders requesting that, it's disempowering product teams and turning them into delivery teams. Yeah, and I mean, I think like they're de different, like depending a lot of the company when you work for. Uh, I mean, it happened to me many times when I was working at startups. And I mean, at that point, it was like, that was basically a matter of company survival, right? Uh, I mean, we needed to hit certain targets and we needed to hit certain numbers. And I mean, the problem, exactly as you say, that there was someone somewhere in a room that thought that that exact feature will get us to hit those targets. And then basically what they wanted from me is like, okay, when is it out? When the conversation should be around, okay, what target do we need to hit? How do we know that we eat them best? Okay, that is a conversation that you can have to then define like in the timeline. Okay, we're starting here and how much time do we have? Sometimes also times is big matter in that it was for me back then. I mean, we re literally did not hit our numbers and the company doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's like shift in the conversation subject, but that's not always easy. It was not easy for, it's not what I, thought about. I mean, the first time I got that PM title and someone asked that to me, I was like, okay, let's try. Team, help me. When can we get this out? I mean, you know, I did not think all those thoughts. Absolutely. There's so much learning that we go through on here. And I want to pick up on something that you just mentioned, which is that there's a lot of different people that we speak to from a road mapping perspective, a lot of people that, that, that feed into that. So from your experience, who's who's been the audience of a roadmap? That's a really... Really interesting question because, I mean, if I go back how I think road mapping today, to me, it's basically laying out what we think are our best initiatives, opportunities, bets. I mean, there are a lot of terms around it uh, that we will work on to deliver on our goal or strategy, depending on what your uh, company is working with. So that alignment needs to happen across the board. I mean, I work with road mapping with our board of directors, for example, when it's like on a more strategic level. Uh, I work with road mapping in the, with the management team. I work with road mapping with my PMs. Uh, they work with road mapping with the teams. Uh, also, like there's a lot of different, we have 10 product development teams at Hamna. So there's like thinking around those as well, where the roadmap is useful. Uh, and there's, there's always, you know, that calibration of, cross dependencies and level of details you have in a roadmap and you know all these kind of things uh, but those conversation and the roadmap purpose uh, i would say that uh, goes 
everybody in the company. And it's, it is a communication tool. It's something where we want to bring people along for that journey. And like you said, I think you know, the most empowered roadmaps are ones that share with, with everybody. There might be different levels of information maybe, but if we've got a direction, everyone needs to follow in that same direction to, to get there. Exactly. And I mean, of course, that's, I think right now is the trickiest part. And I mean, also want to say we have not figured it out uh, in all pieces of the puzzle. Definitely not. And I mean, that's the trickiest part for me, at least, that you have like basically to say the same thing at different levels because there are different level of details and understanding needed uh, to actually make the roadmap work. And that results in a lot of different artifacts and a lot of different names that create confusion, you know, it's like. Founding the, uh, finding that balance is something that we have not succeeded with yet. Yeah, that's right. And and it sounds like that the, the roadmap is is maybe a, from a, a hub and spoke model. It's the roadmap is something, but it it draws from many different areas. I think you you touched on some of those. What what do you think the relationship is from a roadmap to things like vision, strategy, objectives? How do you think those tie in together? Yeah, and I mean that uh, also. I think it's super um, dependent on the company where you work for. Uh, I mean, I've been working on company where we did not have such a long-term strategy or that was not the purpose, right? But we still had goals. Uh, while right now we have all the pieces, we have the vision, we have the strategy, we have the product strategy, we have the roadmaps, we have the OKRs. I mean, almost you name it, we have it. And I mean, the, the most important thing, uh, I think that all these pieces of the puzzle needs to be tied together. So, I mean, to me, it's, for example, uh, we're working right now. We have a product strategy. I mean, we have, let's start, we have a vision and we have a company strategy. And that's the reason why we have a product strategy. Like, we have, like, you know, um, for example, uh, we have a, we're a public company, so we have to uh, open um, goals uh, for our company, which is uh, one is about growth and one is about profitability. And I mean, it is because we have those goals that we have the product strategy we had. I mean, if we had something else, you know, only profitability to 80%, I mean, that will have another type of product strategy, but we have both. So, I mean, those two is like answer the question why we have the product strategy we have. And then the product strategy, it's the baseline when we choose our objective for the year. Uh, and I mean, the strategy, I think it was uh, Jana Basto. Uh, I was at a conference with her. Uh, she's like the inventor of the now, next, later roadmap. And she said like this sentence that really stuck with me. Uh, your roadmap is the prototype of your strategy, which I thought was really a brilliant way of framing it. So basically what do you do? You take your strategy and then you define, okay, what are the first steps? and you start executing and you start validate or invalidate them. And that's how the whole learning goes together. Uh, and we do it, uh, you know, bringing, um, breaking down. Uh, we have uh, the strategy becomes objective uh, in the OKR framework for the year. There is objective that goes into, we work with continuous discovery, so opportunity solution tree. Uh, and then with that, we get some learnings and we either tweak back the roadmap or we continue with it because we have even more uh, evidence that we were right. So that's how we do it um, here at Hamnet. But before, you know, I did not have strategy 
I had some kind of like, you know, we need to survive a kind of goal. Uh, but I mean, the, what if there's one element that I think should be there in every roadmap, no matter the company and no matter how many tools you have to support you, it's a goal. I mean, you need to know, uh, you know, what, what you're trying to achieve and how you measure that goal. Uh, and then with that, that's the very bare minimum, I would say, uh, that you need to choose what, what to work on. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have, like, as I had, I mean, in total honesty, uh, a, a list of different features, uh, which you, you will get them out of the door, but you, had no, you will get that specific metric. Okay, the click or no click, but did you move the needle? You never know. Oh, I love hearing that. I wish I'd heard you about 10 years ago when I kind of needed some of that guidance. Um, I brought in a road mapping tool partly to help me at, at, at Vodafone to bring my team together and understand where we were going, but also to demonstrate that there's so many things I can pick apart from what you shared there, but you talked about company strategy decomposing into product strategy and being so vital and sometimes a little bit further down. And what I wanted to demonstrate was there was pressure on me to provide strategy and direction to my team, but I also wanted to demonstrate that actually there was a lack of strategy and direction for us to tie into. The other bits that you mentioned, you know, opportunity solution trees and now next later, we've been fortunate enough to have Teresa Torres and Jana Basto both on the on the channel talking about those such valuable concepts. But hopefully to, to our listeners um, and maybe to some of our listeners that are new in the space, what Francesca's just said there is, is showing that whole line of sight from, from here all the way down um, and also prototype for our strategy. These are hypotheses that we need to test, not fixed deliverables that we need to deliver no matter what and we don't understand. I mean, there's just, Francesca, so much gold in what you just shared there. Yeah, just like one thing, really. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest mistake I've made. I mean, and I think some people make or are, you know, expected to deliver is a deliverable list. And that is like, if that's what you are asked to do, uh, don't call it roadmap because that's not a roadmap. Uh, the most important thing is that the roadmap evolves and it should evolve with learning. It should also evolve, I mean, one important thing, I mean, with 2023, I mean, everything that is happening around us uh, that we cannot control, I mean, I would really love to know if anybody back even in December or like when we sat defining like November, December, when we normally like sitting and decide next year roadmap, uh, who knew about the economic downturn? Who knew about chat GPT? Who knew around AI? And I mean, all these things might impact more or less your business, might impact uh, more or less like the business uh, goals. And I mean, those, of course, should be reflected in the roadmap. So find your way uh, of getting in this learning and this evolution of the roadmap. And especially don't sell it as a set plan, because then you're going to fail. Absolutely. You're setting yourself up. It's, it's not what a roadmap is for. If, if you're trying to do that, it's, it's a delivery plan. Um, it's a delivery schedule. Totally agree. Let's talk about just quickly who maintains a roadmap and, and who owns the roadmap or maybe who owns it and who maintains it. Are they the same people, do you think? I think that maintain, it's a really interesting word. Uh, I would say that 
in my, I mean, this is a little bit visionary uh, and there's a lot of uh, details in the real world, day to day life. So, I mean, be, take it for what I am. But I mean, I think the vision for me uh, is that uh, the roadmap, of course, needs someone um, defining, okay, what is it uh, and driving the conversation. And to me, that is product. And I mean, exactly when product de depends a lot on your organizational structure. Uh, it can be VP, head of, uh, for us, it's like PMs. Uh, and then I have the act of like having the overarching perspective. But then it's really important that, uh, I mean, who actually maintains, uh, I would say that the learning maintain the roadmap. I mean, it's like you, what we did is we tried to put in some moments when we reevaluate and we learn and we get those insights and those insights can come from different ways. It can come from uh, all the experiments that we've done. That's one. It can come from the market. And maybe we have like, for it's the management or the board that say, okay, we have to change direction. Uh, it can come from uh, your sales department because they say that, you know, uh, some customers are struggle more than others. And then we thought that we could monetize those customers. Yeah, maybe that's not a good idea. Uh, because, you know, I mean, something else changed uh, in the, um, yeah, in the macro factors. Uh, and it could come, you know, from, yeah, from all the interviews that the teams do with the Opportunity Solution Tree. I mean, that is like in the maintenance part, I would say that everyone has a responsibility uh, to pitch in and the responsibility of you owning the roadmap, uh, whoever you might be in that organization, is that you have to make sure that those learnings, those uh, inputs are part of the roadmap process. Uh, so that is not, you know, someone sitting with their nice Excel sheet or, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever weapon you chose for your road mapping. Uh, and then the life happens somewhere else. So we talked about some of the, the kind of the, the elements there. You're teasing about some of the things on the, on the roadmap. What, what do you think are some of the key elements that you like to see on the roadmap? I would say if I really have to make it as easy as possible, because, I mean, you can really go nitty gritty in the roadmaps uh, and go into li literally like details of it. Uh, but I mean, for that to be understandable uh, by everybody in all like, you know, those different layers we talked about, these different uh, inputs you need to be clear about, uh, I think you need a goal, which is basically like what you want to achieve and that you might have that connected or not with a strategy. But I mean, not you still need a goal. Uh, I would say you need key result or a key metric or a success metric, whatever, numbers that tells you that you are proceeding in the right direction with that goal. So it's not only a formulation of, oh, we want to do this. Okay, how are we gonna uh, actually uh, measure that we are proceeding in the right way? Uh, and then I would also say that the road mapping uh, also needs to include a formulation of the how we plan to achieve those goals. Uh, and it can be depending on how far you got with your learning, with your research, with your uh, testing. It can be on different levels. Sometimes uh, it can be a specific product with a specific go-to-market that you want to do. And I mean, that's I mean, especially important for B2B. I mean, we know how much uh, flexibility we want. The many customers follow sales cycles that we kind of need to somehow uh, jack into. 
you know, uh, so I mean, that, that you need that. And I mean, you need that level of uh, definition when you get there and when you work with those products. And sometimes uh, it can be like an idea about a discovery. I mean, it could be a completely something else that we believe is our best opportunity to reach that goal, but we don't know quite yet. So the level can be different, but a formulation of the how, I think it's important to tie back together. What you want to discuss is, is everyone aligned that these are the best things that we can do to drive those goals? If you don't have that formulation, that the conversation becomes really difficult. Yeah, yeah, that's per perfect answer. You know, this is this is what we understand now at this point in time, and it, it and it may change. One bit that you picked up on, and I'm sensing this through just just through our conversation, is is the the learnings and the testing and the hypotheses. I don't see enough of that with with product teams. Um, is that something that you like to show on the roadmap going, hey, we're thinking about exploring this area some more and we're going to spend some time here to explore that? I think we, um, we could be better at that. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of experimentation ingrained in our ways of working. Uh, I mean, it was bef like that. Uh, I mean, I've, before my times, I've been working at Hamlet for and a half years. And even before that, there was an ingrained um, culture of, testing of like a b testing and um, hypothesis testing which i think come a lot with um one might say with the responsibility one feels on one shoulder when we work with one of sweden's biggest product i mean you know you want to do it right so that was something we had uh, we added on top of that the opportunity solution tree uh, and we are trying much more depending on the how we formulate our roadmap to define this is something we know more about, this is something we don't know yet, but we believe in. Uh, but this, I mean, you're uh, pointing at something, uh, because again, uh, I don't want to give the impression that we have it all figured out, because we don't. And this is, I think, really important to talk about. I mean, it's not that everyone does everything perfect. There's a lot of roller coasting uh, going on. And this is something that sometimes it's a bit um, challenging for us. Uh, like having that conversation what is something you're exploring or discovering or you're not sure about and what's something you're sure about uh, because that what's the difficulty of that uh, maybe if you're like someone who's interested in that roadmap but you're not like working uh, day to day with it you might get the impression that all the items in the roadmap are the same when they're not and then it becomes a little bit, you know, okay, what happened with that thing you were working on? Oh, it was just a test. Oh, but we sold it in. Uh, you know, it's like, this is like this kind of misunderstanding uh, and this kind of navigate different kind of levels uh, that, yeah, sometimes we do it right. Sometimes we don't do it right. I don't have the silver bullet because we've done it wrong a couple of times, uh, giving the impression that, what we were doing uh, was actually decided. What when we're, what we were doing was one way that actually it turned out not to be the best one, and then we just trashed it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I still get the feeling that companies aren't changing their roadmaps enough, and I think what they need to be doing is saying, look, you know, changing them frequently to get to almost show, look, this is where our thoughts are right now. Things are changing because if you change a roadmap quite frequently, it also shows that your thinking is changing. It shows that we're not sure on some of these things. So I think companies make the mistake of saying, you know, they create the roadmap, don't change it for six months. 
God forbid, it, you know, in a year's time. And because their stakeholders don't see that change, they assume that it's concrete. And I think changing that roadmap frequently is almost helpful in that people then start to go, okay, this document can change, the roadmap and the thinking can change. I'm going to treat it as if it's something that can change because it can and it should. Yeah, and I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts. I mean, that's one thing that I have in my head lately. I've not made up my mind yet. Uh, but one challenge that I see, I totally agree with you, Justin. I mean, it, it should change. Otherwise, it means that you have not learned anything in the time in the time frame that has passed. And I mean, we have this quarterly review uh, and those, you know. But I also thinking about how we at least treat the timeline of a roadmap. We still like, you know, start the year and we treat, you know, okay, what are we going to do next year? And I think more and more it's connected that that is connected uh, with how the company financials work, you know, that, I mean, you need to hit, like, if you have 12 months, you need to hit some certain targets in this 12 months. As a public company, especially, you need to have, like, certain numbers, certain quarter, uh, when in reality, um, what I'm feeling more and more is that we may be Maybe, I'm not sure yet, <laughs> but maybe we should consider like a rolling for quarter for our roadmap. Like, you know, you have something and you learn every quarter and you adapt and you go further and you kind of keep that loop uh, instead of thinking, okay, now we're sitting and defining a plan for the next 12 months and then we revisit, but it's still, when is the 31st of December, it's a cut. And then we need to do something else. I think sometimes we're almost caught into, I think sometimes we don't challenge enough. And so, you know, we don't challenge our thinking enough. And that's where product management and what I've learned from product management is great, is being curious and to try and find out why. I completely understand what you're saying. I think sometimes because roadmaps are looking at, it needs the whole company to get behind it. Sometimes we can be bound by the milestones or the cadences of other departments. So I think just because we do financial planning and that might be, you know, at the beginning of the quarter, or sorry, they, they look at a, a financial year, that we somehow bind ourselves to that in product management. And there is no need necessarily. We, we need to know what budgets we've got and we're spending, but that's just an annual top up. And I love your thought about this rolling roadmap because we don't in quarter one have visibility 12 months out and we don't by quarter by quarter three only think about what's coming up in the next three months that's not how we work when we're in product teams so we do work on the rolling window but i think we work with organizations or teams within our companies that do very much do that fixed and we should almost disconnect ourselves a little bit. I mean, I would love if anyone listening to this has like a, thoughts about it. If you're done in the rolling, let us know. <laughs> I would love. Exactly. And I think Jana's roadmap, the now, next, later, is helpful in doing that because it tends to try and encourage us to disconnect from, we have time frames, but even then they're not necessarily quarters. They can literally be now, next, later. And I think that is helpful in that rolling type roadmap there. But yeah, audience, let us know in the comments what you think. Help us out here. Have you seen something that's worked well for you? We'd love to hear. Um, Francesco, I want to go into, actually we've alluded to it already, which is one of your preferred ways to visualize and style for a roadmap. You come across as a creative person to me. Um, so I think something that looks beautiful and compelling is important. You've also talked about now, next, later. Is that how you like to sort of create and present your roadmaps? We uh, tied roadmap with OKRs. 
uh, that's like the the main. So I'm in the very beginning of the year when I normally like to go back and say, okay, this is the why. Why are we doing this? Uh, so we tie it with the product strategy and we tie it, we tie it with OKRs, so which are on a company level. Uh, and then we kind of um, go from there. But if I have to be completely honest, uh, I, I've, I have not found a super sustainable way <laughs> of, like, of working with roadmaps. Uh, we work with like, you know, those are presentation that we do. So there's our slides. But then, I mean, as things change, it's like, yeah, you have a lot of different versions and you don't know which one is the most updated. Then the teams that work and do the learning, they, some work with Miro and some work with Trello or the combination of both, depending on how they do. And then that is not automatically connected with the roadmap. Uh, we have a common backlog that is in a sheet document because the most important there is like the priority. Uh, but that is not super, you know, there's a lot of detail. Uh, so for somebody that just wants to overview, you're not going to get that. Uh, so as you are noticing when I'm talking, we have a lot of different things, uh, but I've not figured out quite yet which is the best. Uh, I tried, I mean, for what we do now, try always to think about the audience uh, and what is important for that audience at that specific time. Uh, and many times when I talk about the roadmap, it's more about the um, overarching view. Uh, and then I've tried to mostly connect the dots. Uh, and therefore, uh, I use slides, for example. Yeah, and, and that's so true. This is the reason why there isn't one size fits all roadmap template out there, because because it is a communication tool, it needs to communicate to your stakeholders within your company. And every stakeholder within every company is different. And so you have to tailor it to that audience. And I don't think this one size fits all really works there. I think sometimes tools can be very helpful, but it's difficult when they're, you know, again, I had teams giving me roadmaps and different things that I had to create a summary view, and I'm sure you do as well, which can have its own challenges. But in terms of the way that that roadmap is styled, it has to do its job of communicating to that audience what they need to know. And in those instances, it can be very different. And I mean, just another piece of advice, don't start with the tool. I mean, I've been, I've been doing that so many times. I was like, oh, if we just had this tool that we'll visualize in this way, and then we spent a lot of time, I'm not going to reveal the, I mean, with this complex tool on the market to set it up, and it still did not make the job, right? Uh, so, I mean, the tool won't fix. Totally agree. And, you know, there's so much that you said there that resonates with me. So I think the process of road mapping is the most important one, going through that thought process. Um, tools are there really just to expedite process. And, and from what I've found, I don't know if you, re um, you, you were familiar, but I've worked at AHA for three years. So I kind of was really passionate about roadmaps, introduced AHA, I was there for three years, and now I'm running my own consultancy, Roadmap Heroes, which is more, you know, we're moving into more of an agnostic space because what I found during that time was that the tool is great, but if you don't know what your road mapping processes are, the tool's not going to help. And so, you know, it's really important there. Again, it's not the silver bullet. It's, it can help in some cases, but if you don't understand the purpose of road mapping and the process of road mapping, a tool's not going to help you completely. So such good advice there. And I, I would absolutely echo that to, to our to our viewership and our readership or listenership even, is it's that understand the purpose of road mapping and what you're trying to achieve with it. What's the job to be done? 
and then look at if there's tools that can help. Don't start with the tools. Many times you can start kind of easy. Like, you know, many times you, you have already the, tool, the simplest form of those tools that you can test with. And then if you really feel you need the next level, then there are tools that are made for this in the market. I think that's such a good best practice with road mapping. I, 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 if you're new to road mapping and you're listening, definitely start with that example of, of what Francesca's mentioned. Start simple, uh, be curious, product manageize your road mapping process can do you a lot of benefit. If those are some of the best practices, what do you think are some of the mistakes that people make? And I think we probably talked about that earlier because we've made those too. Yeah, I mean, I think like the biggest mistake that I've seen, that I see and I've done, uh, it's like a feature roadmap, like, or like a feature list in the shape of a so-called roadmap. Uh, and especially a feature list of feature that, you know, God knows how they are connected. Is like more a wishful wish list, wishful thinking from somebody, uh, not connected with any kind of uh, goal. Uh, that's like a pretty common mistake. Also, that is something like all the listener uh, viewers, please have an honest view of what you have in your backlog, and try to. I mean, what are what are you prioritizing? Are you prioritizing feature? Are you prioritizing behavioral changing? Are you prioritizing something that drives you towards a goal? I mean, that's like the very first uh, sanity check you can do. Uh, and then you can move those in a, in a timeline, in a roadmap. Uh, I also think that the super big mistake that we touched upon uh, is that communicating the roadmap as something static and done and fixed and is going to be delivered exactly as it is in that Excel or sheet or tool visualization of your choice uh, because that basically is based on a one extremely big assumption that I've never seen be coming through uh, that is things do not change or you do not learn or you're always right from the beginning and if you already know everything and you feel 300% correct and you believe that nothing uh, you will learn or nothing will change outside of your door by any means you have like a biggest competitive advantage ever because you can bet safely and you can just deliver. But I've never seen it happening. Uh, so please don't, I mean, big mistake is like thinking that the roadmap is like fixed and won't change. Uh, because then you're gonna have a lot of trouble explaining why something changed because you learn. So you kind of have to justify your learning, which is not something you, you want to do. You want to use your learning to tweak your roadmap uh, not, you know, to the other way around. Absolutely. You know, it seems crazy to me and it's still, it's still laughable. You can speak to the sales team and say, how much revenue are you going to bring in in 18 to 24 months time? We don't know. How much are the marketing team going to be consuming from the budget to, to go and market to our customers? We don't know. Um, why can't you tell us what the product roadmap is going to look like fixed for 18 months? You're building stuff. It's like, why is there a level of uncertainty that we afford to these other functions? And yet when we think about product teams where we're building something new, by the way, we've never done this before, we hold them to knowing exactly how long things are going to take. It's madness, but it's almost this bias that you find with people that somehow, because we're building something new, we're going to know exactly how long it takes. It's madness. Yeah, I think it's like, in my experience, it's a little bit connected to two factors. 
One, I mean, sales teams, marketing team, they might not don't know exactly, but they do have a goal and a target. I mean, those are really explicit. And it's not always just the goal and the target for product are so explicit. So that's like back, uh, circling back on the importance of having goals. Uh, and the other part, I think that, you know, one always have to be a little bit self-critical. And I mean, there are some teams, um, and I've done it myself as well. I mean, we, you say, oh, we need to be agile and then we don't want to, you know, commit to anything or like, oh, we need to do research and then we close the doors in six months. I mean, that ain't gonna fly either. So it needs to find like that balance of having that goal. And also I would, another, another piece of advice, uh, it's like try to find those smaller deliverables uh, in your roadmap that can actually show progress. Because as when you show progress, actually another, you know, I think you're seen with other lenses, uh, exactly as you were saying, like different uh, department. I mean, you have an all other negotiation power, even like, you know, for your uh, discovery time, uh, if you're at the same time delivering, uh, because at the end of the day, uh, that's what we want, you know, to, to hit the, those targets and deliver this value for, for the customers and the business. Yeah, it's a confidence thing. It's, it's, it's showing that we are delivering some stuff. It's getting trust in it. And I think, you know, as we start to, the world comes around to outcome-based road mapping, that it's actually saying, look, we can't describe all of this stuff. It's almost the roadmap is helping provide some trust into our team's process to say that we're working on what we say we will. This is what we think we need to be working on. Um, getting some quick wins in there to build that confidence. But also when we say that we need some more time or we're not sure, giving us that flexibility to go away and, and run some more tests or, or some more hypotheses. Love that response. So maybe a quick question on this one is, is there a pet hate that you, you just don't like to see on the roadmap? A feature that doesn't tie at all with our strategy. I mean, if I have, or even, an, it doesn't have to be a feature, like whatever, something because we need to do this because of this client, whatever, but it's completely um, misaligned with what we're trying to achieve. Uh, that I don't want to see in the roadmap. Still, on your, if you flip the coin, if you have that visualized, you can at least have that conversation. So it's much better than like someone working on it behind the scene, if you know, if you know what I mean. Uh, do you think that, and I, and I totally agree with you, do you think that sometimes it might be that we do know we need to work on a feature, but we need to add something to our strategy to accommodate that? So I think sometimes we want to get away from pet projects where we put a feature in because we need to deliver it. And we don't tie it into strategy. But is it possible that if we do have a feature that we know that we need to work on, it alludes that there should be an element of strategy that we create? To accommodate it? Yeah, I, th I think so. I mean, to me, it's like, as I like to think about it, uh, we have this strategy. I mean, for us, it's like um, we have formulated as a customer behavior. Uh, and I mean, that should be the baseline of how you choose what to prioritize. So like, is this driving this behavior or this is not driving this behavior? If the answer is no, then I will argue, okay, why are we doing it? And if we have that in the roadmap, uh, that might be a conscious choice, but we need at least to have a conversation of why we are deciding to take that conscious choice. And in my experience, many times uh, has been not a conscious choice. Uh, so that's why I think uh, those kind of like 
derailing from the strategy. Uh, if like one has to be really general, those are the ones that I don't want to see in the roadmap. Francesca, you've got some great thoughts around road mapping and obviously some amazing experience around product management. Who's, whose advice do you do you typically listen to and maybe in, in the in the field of road mapping specifically? Yeah, I uh, for road mapping, uh, I have uh, two favorite ones. Uh, and when one is Jana Basto, uh, I think she's, she's really great. And I mean, she has my favorite tagline that I always use. <laughs> Uh, and the other one is uh, John Cutler. I think is also uh, is more like I think he's done a couple of um, visualis visualization uh, about also the how to connect road mapping to execution. So it goes a little bit also uh, into the sprint planning or whatever you might be working on to see how to incorporate learnings in that. Uh, to feed back to the roadmap. And also, I think it um, does a really good visualization of how to talk about the uncertainty levels uh, on the different uh, pieces. Uh, so that's um, those are the two. Love that, and I think that's really important as well. Talking about uncertainty or sometimes confidence in 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 our hypotheses or what we're working on is really important to communicate a again that the roadmap is not a fixed delivery plan, and, and neither should it be. I wonder if um, you had to distill your philosophy of road mapping into just a couple of sentences. How would you describe it? I mean, when you think about your roadmap, uh, think as think about direction, think about collaboration, and think about evolution. Uh, so you tie if you are able to tie the three together, then you have like this prototyping of your strategy that keeps on evolving based on yeah how you well you collaborate in your company and how well you are receptive of everything that is happening around you and that should be that should be setting you up for success but also with the fact that it's going to evolve it's a part of a process those things can move around together that's such an articulate response francesca i love that one and so I wonder if there's anything about road mapping that I should have asked you but haven't. What are your thoughts? Anything that I should have asked or you want to, to mention about roadmaps? I think we touched the, the most. Uh, please take, I mean, learn from my mistakes. Don't do those features. Uh, also, I would really, really love uh, to hear if someone is working with this uh, rolling uh, rolling quarter uh, and how you make it work with the financial or other uh, company structures if we want to call it like that uh, so that's more a shout out to the community totally and i think that also picks up on the fact that of why road mapping is different because it depends on your product maturity your company maturity the type of product it depends on so many things as to to what your rhythm is going to be on the roadmap, the detail that you show. Um, and that's why I think in a classic product management term, it depends. And I, and I love that response. We are really politic, political answer. Francesca, it's been wonderful speaking to you. Just wanted to give you an opportunity just to share with the audience again, what it is that you do and how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, uh, lovely talking with you, Justin, as well, uh, in this uh, foggy morning here in Stockholm. Uh, and uh, I, um, one thing that I'm really passionate about and I try to share as much as I can is how uh, we do our think about product in practice. 
because there's a lot of theory and we can all learn uh, and read theory, uh, but there are not so many uh, people sharing how they actually do and the trade-offs and such. Uh, so I write about it on my, um, on my blog, uh, which has my name, francescacortesi.com. Uh, so I wrote a little bit about road mapping. I will uh, write more as we learn. Uh, so that's one way. Uh, and the next time, if you want to meet me in person, I'm also going to be speaking at a Product at Heart conference in Hamburg. That's at the end of um, June, I believe. Um, so those are the tools and of course like you can always uh, find me on LinkedIn. Francesca will put those details down in the description so our audience can connect with you hopefully you'll see some comments around what they've thought of as well but just wanted to end there thank you so much for spending some time with us being generous with your time and your knowledge so many things that you've said have resonated with me I wish I'd known some of those when I was first starting out there's some bits that I've learned from you now and some little bits that I'm going to take away as well to our audience if anything that Francesca and I have said has resonated with you please do consider liking uh, the, the channel or liking the video. Please drop us a comment below and let us know and consider subscribing to keep up to date with other sessions we might have with other people. If you do want to get in touch and, and be where Francesca is now, let us know again. We'd love to have you in the hot seat. But for now, Francesca, I hope the sky is clear for you. Have a wonderful week ahead and thank you for being with us. You too. Bye bye.